Welcome to the Tax Girl Podcast, your home for tax news, tax info, and tax policy. In each episode, I'll share conversations about taxes, money, and the choices that we make. I'm your host, Kelly Phillips-Zerb, for Tax Girl. I'm a practicing tax attorney, and I work with taxpayers like you every day. There's a lot to talk about, so let's get started. How are your books? Chances are, if you're a business owner, you may hesitate a bit before answering that question. Not everyone knows what bookkeeping is, and it feels like it might be the same as accounting, only it's not. Filing your tax returns, making payroll, those are essential parts of running your business, but they are not the same as keeping the books. A lot of folks figured that out this year when tasked with pulling together financial records for purposes of getting those PPP loans or figuring out whether they qualified for the employee retention credit. But bookkeeping is important for a lot of reasons. And to talk about those reasons today, we have Nicole Davis. Nicole is the founder and principal at Butler Davis Tax and Accounting, LLC. She brings more than a decade of experience in accounting, tax, financial management, and advisory services to clients of all sizes in the oil and gas, automotive, manufacturing, and financial services industries. Nicole specializes in tax strategy, small business accounting, mortgage loan accounting, dealership accounting, and financial planning. Nicole's a member of the AICPA and the Georgia Society of CPAs. She has her master's in business administration from the University of Tulsa and graduated summa cum laude from Grambling State University, earning a Bachelor of Science in Accounting. So Nicole, first of all, thank you so much for being here today. Thank you for having me. I'm really excited about this conversation. Me too, because people have been talking about it on Twitter for forever, but they never right. say what it is. Mm-hmm. So my, my first question for you is like just kind of in layman's terms for okay. the listeners, what is bookkeeping? All right. So simply bookkeeping is recording all of the financial transactions of a business. Okay. So how is that different from accounting? So accounting is more complex. hmm type of bookkeeping. I would still say it's integrated with bookkeeping, but it's definitely more of the complex. So when you're doing accounting, you're doing a lot of the financial statement analysis, making sure that things are correct on the balance sheet and find an income statement. You're doing things like depreciation and prepays, but bookkeeping more straightforward. It's the data entry part that gets the books prepared to be reviewed by an accountant. And I think that's probably why it gets ignored. Because I think it's simple on its face. Yes. So people feel like they can just pull it together at the end. Yes. But but they can't. So kind of walk us through what you would need to know. So I'm going to actually ask you two questions. One is, can you do it yourself? And two is, if you can do some of it yourself, what are those transactions like? Like, what do you need to know? Okay. All right. So the first question, can you do it yourself? The answer is a little more complex. I'm going to say yes. And no, I'm going to say yes, if you have a background in accounting and you understand the basics of accounting, such as debits, credits, asset liabilities, and equity, then yes, you can do it yourself. So you've already lost people already because you're like (laughs) debits, credits. So yeah. Okay. All right. If you understand those things, yes, you could do them them yourself. But if, if those words lost you in any way, then your answer is no, you should not be doing it yourself. Okay. So let's assume then that you, you're not doing it yourself. Okay. Let's assume that you're, but one of the things I always tell my clients on the tax side is that even if you're not preparing your own returns, even if you're not doing your own petition, even if you're not filling out any kind of innocent spouse formal on your own, any of that, you still should know enough about it so yes. that when you look at what's in front of you, you understand what you're seeing. 
So let's assume that folks are hiring someone else. What are some highlights? Like, What are something, if I was to look at, a, at my books, what should I be looking for to make sure that they're right? All right. So one of the things you want to look at is I would look at the balance sheet. So the okay. things that comprise the balance sheet are cash, your assets, your liabilities, which are loans, credit cards, and then okay. your equity. That's what the business, what you put in the business, what it's actually worth. Okay. So cash, is your cash in balance? If your cash basis, meaning if you're doing your taxes on a cash basis, cash in, cash out, that's right. how you're accounting for everything. You want to make sure that your cash is reconciled to your bank statement. That's one of the simplest things business owners can do is just doing that check to make right. sure that they're reconciling their transaction. So cash is something you want to look at and keep an eye on. Another thing you want to keep an eye on is your liabilities or your loans, credit cards, um, things of that nature. You want to make sure that that also ties to like a schedule. Usually when you get a loan, you get a schedule that shows you what the monthly payment is mm-hmm. and how that balance is reducing every month. Okay. So you want to make sure that ties out. And this is where a good bookkeeper comes into play because they know how to break those payments out for you. Gotcha. Because um, a lot of times business owner will put loan payments on the as an expense on income statement. And that's not right. Right, right. Well, I think, and I think that's where people get confused because people who do try to do it themselves. So kind of going back to the initial question, when, when I asked you before, people could do it themselves. When you're doing it yourself and you're looking at something like a, um, you know, software, maybe where you're, where you're, there's an interview format and they're asking you questions. If you don't know where things go, you can kind of mess, mess it up. up. Yeah, because what if sometimes you put it as an expense and other times you show it as a reduction on liability? Like it kind of screws up the whole thing. It does. And I see that so much with people who try to do their own books or they have their wives do it or their sisters do it. And it just goes back to knowing like the basic fundamentals of accounting. Right. If you don't understand that, then you probably shouldn't be trying to do your own books. So if you're hiring someone to do the books, how often should someone be coming in and doing the books? Monthly, at least monthly. Okay. Because you want to do your reconciliations on a monthly basis to tie it back to your bank statements, your credit card statements, your loan schedules. Because if you're doing it monthly, you're able to catch issues then and not have them build up over time. So that's where you get a lot of cleanup projects. Right, Because right. over time, <laughs> things have gotten messed up every month. And then at the end of the year, you realize you got a, a book full of mess. And then you got to hire someone to clean it all up to make it right for tax time. And do you need someone to come into your office? I know people kind of um, may answer that differently depending on who they are. What, what do you think? Do you like having a person physically in the office or do you think this is something you can do virtually? Well, so we're a virtual firm. So we pretty much do everything virtually. So a lot okay. of our clients, they give us access either to their server or to their QBO file online. And we can go in and review the books, reconcile the accounts. And then meet with them through Zoom to discuss like our findings or the results of operations. Gotcha. And so if I'm looking for someone to help me with my books or do my books, what kinds of questions should I be asking them? Like I know in the beginning you said you listed a bunch of uh, vocabulary and said like if you don't (laughs) know these, you know, you should. But I don't know to ask that person, right? Right, So especially if I'm hiring someone virtually, because sometimes when you're someone sitting across from you, you get a gut, right? Like I don't like them. They showed up wearing the wrong team shirt, you know, all kinds (laughs) of things. So how do you know, like what kinds of things should you be looking for if you are hiring a bookkeeper? 
So one of the things I will most definitely ask a bookkeeper is for references. Okay. And this is kind of a sticking point for me because I really, when clients ask me for references, it, I understand it, but I don't really like it. So I'm like, I know what I'm doing. But at the same right. time, you want to give the person who's looking for a bookkeeper that confidence that you've worked with other businesses like theirs yes. and that they can vouch for you and say, hey, yeah, this person is integral. This person knows what they're doing. My books are in order. But again, that always goes back to that relationship you're building with your clients so they understand what they're looking at so they can communicate to prospects like, hey, this is a good bookkeeper. Another thing I would ask the bookkeeper is how, how long have they been doing bookkeeping? Like, okay. Ask them like what type of service are they going to provide as a client? Like, what type of financial statements will they provide? What things are they going to do as far are they going to just, just do the data entry? Are they going to do the reconciliation as well? So as if you're looking for a bookkeeper, you want to ask key questions related to your business specifically, how they're going to, you know, service you as a client. Well, I was going to ask how important is industry, but it sounds like you think it's really important. It is. It is important. Do you have an example of like how maybe since I know uh, you do like oil and gas, how might an oil and gas bookkeeping be different from like a law office? All right. So great example, law offices. So a lot of attorneys have IOTA accounts, right? Yes. Mm -hmm. And those are state mandated accounts where they have to balance that to their books to keep up with that liability for to any the penny. Yeah, yes. To the penny. Yeah. So, so for <laughs> listeners, so for listeners who don't know what we're talking about, just real quick. So IOTA is a lawyer trust account where if um, you are holding money on behalf of a client, whether it's a retainer or maybe money that was awarded in a litigation that hasn't yet been distributed that you kept in an IOTA as opposed to a separate account. Um, all of that money goes into an account that actually the lawyer doesn't own. It's usually owned uh, by the state, but the lawyer is responsible for keeping the books on that account to make sure that every single penny that comes in from a client uh, and every single penny that goes out from the account to a client is accounted for. So that's what Nicole's talking about when we say yes. uh, IOTA account. So with that, you know, you have to make sure your liability is in line with what's in that account or, right. you know, you can get in big trouble. Sure. Um, versus oil and gas. So we also work with pharmacies. So we have very specific industries we work with and their makeup, well, the way they do accounting is very different from attorneys. Attorneys usually bill by the hour. Mm -hmm. These other companies, oil and gas, they do a lot of exploration, um, research and activity costs. So it's not a lot of income based, it's more expense based. And then okay. pharmacies, they do a lot of retail. So it's a right. mix of retail and insurance. So knowing how those businesses work would give you like an understanding of how to do the bookkeeping, how to account for their transactions, and then how the financials should look at the end of the month. Right. So if I'm asking my bookkeeper to show me, show me the work. When you said that there should be a balance sheet, um, that I should be looking at the cash to make sure that that's what I have in the bank um, and that I should be looking at loans. Is there anything else I should be looking for? Like um, you always hear these horror stories about how maybe uh, one of your employees was stealing from you or that you thought that the payroll taxes were getting paid and they weren't. Like what are some maybe red flags or the alternative, some things that you should be looking for to make sure that it's right? All right. So in the bookkeeping accounting world, there's something called trust, but verify. Okay. So with everything, there's always something to tie back to an accountant. That's, that's what accounting is. Tying back to a source document, a source system. So for instance, if for like 
mm, let's say she suspects someone is stealing. Mm-hmm. Well, if the owner is, has given control to one person in the firm, in their company, to do all the cash collections, all the posting of checks, paying bills, there's an opportunity there for fraud. Sure. Because there's no segregation of duties, right? There's no right. one that's, that's been an extra check for that person. Sure. So the owner definitely has to be more aware. And then like checks that are written, do a sample and say, hey, send me these checks, compare it to the bank and see what the bank has and versus what the council check says. So oh, that's something that you can wow. do. Yeah, no, that's super interesting. I wouldn't have thought of that before. So not you, as a business owner, you obviously don't have time to review every single one, but you're right. suggesting you pick like just a few at random. Yes. Random cool. sampling. Okay. Yes. Gotcha. And then with revenue. So the balance sheet is definitely something you want to look at because if the balance sheet is right, then usually the income statement is right. Okay. So you also look at the income statement. It's also called a profit and loss statement. It's not a statement of operations. So you want to look at that monthly as well. It's going to record your revenue, minus your expenses, and it's going to give you your net income. Right. So with your revenue, um, a lot of times, most businesses are, well, a lot of businesses are cash basis. You know, mm-hmm. it's money in, money out. Um, if you're not writing any checks, then usually your bank balance should match your um, balance sheet balance. Okay. You don't have anything outstanding. Right. But you can tie your revenue back to your source documents. Like, for instance, lawyers use billing software like my case, Clio. Well, in their billing within that system. Well, at the end of the month, they can pull the total bills and tie that back to their revenue on the gotcha. P&L to make sure that ties out. So there are certain things you can do to make sure that you trust that it's right, but you need to verify that it's right. Gotcha. And should your accountant be the same as your bookkeeper? No, it doesn't have to necessarily be the same person. So your okay. bookkeeper, so most businesses have in-house bookkeepers where they're doing the daily, the day-to-day work of adding transactions, posting payments, paying bills. Or on the back end, you may have a CPA or another accountant that's actually going in and closing the books, which is a different process than just the bookkeeping. Okay. Gotcha. So closing the books basically means you're going in and you're doing adjusting entries to, you know, tie everything up in a neat little bow and then present the financials to the business owners. Okay. So I've hired a bookkeeper and I have, well, I've made the decision to hire a bookkeeper, right? So I have mm-hmm. a bookkeeper. What are some things that a bookkeeper would ask me for? Now we've, I know you think statements. Yes. So what else, yeah. What else should I be prepared to um, give them? And then uh, kind of a a question that's similar to that is I know a lot of times people are really hesitant to turn Mm -hmm. over personal information. So should you be giving them passwords and access to bank accounts and that sort of thing? Like how much information does a bookkeeper need? So we like to request read-only access from our clients where okay. we're getting access to their bank accounts, credit card accounts, if they allow third-party access, um, loan accounts. So we want to be able to go in and pull the statements we need, bank statements, credit card statements, loan statements. If they have a separate system where they're billing revenue out of, mm-hmm. we want access to that system, or we want to provide them with the reports we need each month to tie the books, to close the books out. Okay. So do you, you don't have any authority on those accounts? No, exactly. I don't have any signing authority. I just want to read on the access, be able to. Yeah, I would, I would guess that would be a red flag if your bookkeeper wanted. Yes. Okay. That's definitely yeah. a red flag. If a bookkeeper wants signing authority or any type of admin permission on your account, then that's a red flag to look for someone else. 
Okay, so you give them access to all this and they give you the statements back and you look at them every month. Do you meet with clients like every quarter or every year? Okay, how does that work? So we try to meet with clients every month where we're going over their their financials with them. So of course, you know, most business owners, when they see a set of financials, they, it's foreign. They don't know what they're looking at because they're mostly doing bank balance accounting where they're just checking their bank account and make sure they have enough money there to pay the bills, to pay payroll. (laughs) Right. But other than that, they don't really read the financials or understand them. So we um, have a financial package we put together for our clients where it's very straightforward, where we have the traditional set of financials, but we also have very key metrics that we use to let them know how well their business is doing. Okay. Do you have like an example of like what that might be or? We have metrics where we're actually putting together a short KPI worksheet that mm-hmm. has like, we measure um, sales to expenses, your um, net income, your profit margin, your gross profit margin, AR turnover, inventory turnover. So those things that they care about, mm-hmm. where they can understand like, hey, yeah, if my expense, my cash revenue to expense ratio is one to five, then I'm doing pretty well because I'm making 50 cents on a dollar. Okay. If it's higher, then I'm losing money. So we try to put it in ratios and terms they understand because they're going through the financials they see a lot of words like asset liabilities accumulated depreciation they don't understand that until you're able until they get more familiar with the terms of accounting right so what would you say to somebody if they said okay you know I hear you I know what you're saying I know that it's smart for me to meet with somebody every month or to have my books done every month but honestly I don't care except what's in December Mm -hmm. No, because there's a lot of people that think that way. Like as long as, you know, you've paid the bills all year and you still haven't gone out of business, they don't really care about the rest. Like, why is it important to make sure that it makes sense every month? All right. So one of the things is, of course, is tax planning. Another one is like now with the pandemic, when COVID shut everything down and businesses were closing down because they couldn't, you know, meet their financial obligations. And Mm -hmm. then Congress came in and offered all this relief. And a lot of businesses didn't have their books in order to qualify for that relief. Right. So they were scrambling to, like, to get the PPP, to get the EIDL. If you didn't have a set of books already ready to apply, then you were out of luck because right. a lot of the times the bankers wanted to see your payroll tax filings. They want to make sure you're paying people, you were paying people. A lot of the, I really saw where the Schedule C businesses were really hurt. The ones that, you know, they operated businesses on a loss every year because they didn't want to pay taxes. Right, right. And now they want to qualify for the PPP. I had so many conversations like, I'm sorry, you had a loss. You don't qualify for the PPP because you're a Schedule C. You had to be profitable in order to qualify for PPP. I also see that now with uh, forgiveness, like people who are still scrambling to show that they use the money for the things they were supposed to use the money for. Right. And that's what a lot of people are going to get in trouble, too, because they aren't using it like they should be, according to the guidelines. Right. And, and I think oh, I think that's where the disconnect is. I think kind of going back to my um, initial some of our initial discussion is I think that people I think this is a, a thing that business owners struggle with. And, and I say this as a business owner, like you're so busy running the business that as long as at the end of the year you have money in the bank. You filed your taxes when you're supposed to, like you get the accountant to do your taxes. You feel like that's a win, but you don't know what the specifics are. Maybe I didn't take the time to say that this was payroll versus my rent. I just wrote a check. And as long as that, you know, $3,000 check clears the bank, 
I feel like that's a win. And I think that's part of the struggle that a lot of small business owners have is understanding why it matters. Right. It matters too, because when you're analyzing like, okay, where can you cut expenses? If you have everything in one big bucket, or if you're not watching those expenses, Mm-hmm. then you could be losing money. Like you can probably find other vendors who may have a, who may come in at a lower price point that can save you money. You may have, um, for instance, let's say you, you're paying for dues and subscriptions. Mm-hmm. Every year we do like an app audit where we're going and say, okay, we're paying for all these apps. If we didn't have those apps broken out, we wouldn't know what they are. So we can determine if we really need to keep them or not. That's a great idea because I'll bet you, especially like I'm thinking at it from a, a legal perspective in the mm-hmm. law offices, so many uh, law offices have really, and I don't think, I don't think other people understand how expensive these subscriptions are. Like right. it's not your little $10 a month on your right. iPhone app. These are <laughs> thousands of dollars a month, some of these subscriptions to mm-hmm. some of the, the larger um, research of journals and that sort of thing. It can be extremely, and, and to pay for some of the um, software, those are by subscription as well. And I don't think people understand how expensive that can be. And it adds, right, it adds up. So if you're not taking time to sit down and review those expense categories, then you're wasting money because you don't know what you're paying for. Right. Yeah, I think that's funny. I, I suspect that a lot of people think of bookkeeping as an expense, but they don't think of it as a money-saving tool. Right. And that's another thing about bookkeepers. Bookkeepers are going to think about the things the business owner aren't going to think about. Right. They're going to look at your business from a very high level and they're going to be very objective where most business owners are very biased towards their business. Of course, every, they want to pay for everything. They think everything is corridory and grand. Mm-hmm. Bookkeeper's going to come in like, hey, no, you're paying too much in this category or this is where you can cut costs. Or maybe you should increase your price by such and such which would give you a better profit margin. Like right. you need someone to be able to tell you those things objectively in order to be financially fit and to grow your business or take it to the level that you want it to be. Right. I, I think that's so smart. But what if I've decided I'm going to do it myself um, and I'm not going <laughs> to hire a bookkeeper, so I'm going to put it on software. Do you suggest having, because I know that there are bookkeepers who offer as a service that they'll come in. Yeah, they'll train you and then they'll come over and look at it like once a year. Is that worth the money, do you think? Be honest. Yes, I think it's (laughs) worth the money just because it's it's probably going to be expensive because like you said, if you don't know what you're doing, it's going to be a mess and they have to clean it up. Right, right. It's going to be an expensive service, but you should definitely at least have someone look at your books before you buy your tax return. So a prime example of this is I had a client recently that had a, about a million dollar in profit. Wow. They're doing very well. Good. However, when I went back and looked at the books, it was a nightmare. They had vendor payments at distributions. Um, they were missing some expenses because they were coding it incorrectly. So once we went in and cleaned up the books, the profit was only about 350,000. Just oh, think they would have had a tax liability a huge test liability from having right. a bad set of books versus having someone come in as a second pair of eyes to clean it up to where it was, um, you know, correct now. Right. And so when you talked about, you know, fixing, that's kind of interesting because one of the things that I've found with uh, my clients is that, you know, it's rare that someone hires a tax attorney in the beginning when everything's great, right? <laughs> they're usually hiring you because they've gotten a bill, they're worried about something, like something has happened. And if I tell them, 
you know, first of all, what I think you need to do is get your books in order. There's going to be a moment of panic because there are a lot of companies that insist on having the books a certain way to start. I found this with payroll companies too. Like I've had to sort out vendors because I'll have somebody who clearly needs to hire a payroll tax company to keep them compliant, but they can't find anybody to help them because they haven't been keeping their books neatly before. And so now nobody wants to touch them. So how can, like, how can you navigate that? So if, if somebody came to you and their books were a mess, do you send them away or do you say, here's how we fix it first? Or do you say, we're just going to draw a line in the sand? Or do you tell them to come back in January? Like, what kind of advice would you give to somebody who is listening? And they're like, you know what? You're right. I need a bookkeeper, but my books are a mess. I know that if I hand them over tomorrow, they're not going to be able to make sense of it. So what do you do? Do you just draw a line in the sand and say, okay, we're just going to start fresh. We're not going to care what it looked like before. Or do you say we're going to go back and clean it up? Like, how does that process work? So my preference is to go back and clean it up. Okay. Because I want the month one through month 12 to be accurate. Because a lot of times as your business grows, you want those set of financials to do forecasting and budget on. If you don't have an accurate set of financials to base that off of, then you're just shooting blanks in the dark. Okay. Gotcha. So yes, I definitely recommend starting from scratch and cleaning it up. Now, if it's going back three, four, five years, and they filed taxes, then we got a whole nother issue. <laughs> sure. Yeah, that's, that's usually why they're at my office. But yeah. <laughs> it's like, that's usually when they go through the tax attorney because now they're in deep and they need someone to help call their way out. So even in those cases, though, we recommend, hey, we got to clean this up because your taxes were filed wrong and we need to amend all those tax returns in order, yeah. you know, to make sure it's accurate. But, you know, a lot of times, and it, a lot of times they can't afford to do that. So, but you That's give them the option. Yeah. 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 But you still want to like, let them, Hey, this is what's going on. This is how, this is the state of your books. This is what it's going to take to fix it. This is what it's going to cost. And you let them make the decision. Hey, if they want to do it or not, if they don't most time, a lot of times people are like, they can't afford it. They don't want to do it. I'll say, okay, from this point, from this year's going forward, we want to make sure it's done right. If you're going to work with us, we have to make sure it's right. And then we just start the cleanup process from there. Right. And, and I think that is um, one of the things that I try to tell my clients is that not everybody, there are going to be some bookkeepers who are going to insist on getting, you know, cleaning it up from, from day one. And I do think that there's value in that. But sometimes if you're in a big enough hole, you just need to, you need to stop digging, right? Yes. You need to, you need a point at which you're going to, you're going to at least what we're going to do for 2021 is going to be right. Yes. Even if what was done in 2019 was terrible. Yes, exactly. And that kind of leads to my kind of my my next question is about, you know, I know a lot of people are fearful of going and seeking advice, whether it's from an attorney, an accountant, a bookkeeper, because they're worried about the judginess. Mm -hmm. So how do you counsel somebody to kind of get over the judginess? Because there is a fear, like, you know, we joke about it and and we've, we've, uh, you know, I've had the people bring in Samsonites full of statements into my office that they, you know, they haven't opened the mail, credit cards, IRS, anything. And there's a lot of shame that people carry around when that happens. And on the one hand, you do kind of want to be like, you know, how did you let this get Mm -hmm. like this? But on the other hand, you don't know that, you know, their spouse wasn't sick and their, you know, they, they, their parents, they've had to take care of them. Like, there's a lot that goes on in people's lives that's not about their business. So when you get to the point where you're 
if I'm, if I'm a small business owner listening and I'm like, oh my gosh, like I, I know I need somebody. I know I need somebody, but things are bad. They're going to make fun of me. They're going to tell me I'm a terrible business owner. Like, how do you, how do you convince the person listening right now that that's not the way it's supposed to be? Yes. So I think we had to go back to understand that a lot of people in general fear, don't have a good relationship with money, taxes, yes. <laughs> and they fear the IRS, right? Yes. So like you said, a lot of that shame goes in, go, comes because they have that fear and no one has like to, has told them, hey, it's okay if you don't know, right. but learn so that you do know going forward. Right. So I always tell people, hey, just reach out to someone, ask the questions you want answered, and then ask them to help you get to that better place. I mean, it just takes them having the gut to be like, go reach out to someone. Now, there are a lot, I will say there are some people in our industry that are kind of, you know, hardball, judgy, hardball. They think everyone has their life in order and they don't. And that's okay. Right. That's that's the beauty of our work. We don't have to have, we don't have to know everything. We don't have to have everything in order. But if we know there's help out there, we all we got to do is ask for it. Right. I think that's a great advice because again, I think sometimes, especially when looking at a messy set of books, the, the problem is not understanding where to start and being scared to ask and being scared that somebody's going to say you're not good at the thing that you thought you were good at. You right. know, and I, I try to get my clients to separate mm-hmm. the accounting pieces in the books from what you do. Like you didn't become a designer because you wanted to do books. You became a designer because you wanted to design. So get the people to help you with the books. Yes. And that is where business, I think that's where a lot of business owners fail. They believe right. they, by saving a couple hundred, a couple thousand bucks to do their own books, that they're actually saving money, but they're not. They're actually losing money because you're focusing on something you're not good at where you should be focusing on sales, should be right. focused on making your business better, you know, being better, better at your job or your profession. Right. Unless you hire a bookkeeper. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so kind of like to, to recap, if you, if somebody had to go in, let's say I'm an existing um business owner, I, I've listened to this program. I know I need a bookkeeper. I've gotten some references. I'm going to, I'm going to go do a, an interview to see if it's a good fit. What are like three questions maybe I should ask my bookkeeper? I know you mentioned before about like education background, but in terms of my own business, for example, I know that I would want to say, well, what are you going to need from me? Like what, you know, what kinds of bank statements are you going to need from me? So like, what are like three questions that as a business owner, I should be prepared to answer if I'm looking for a bookkeeper. Like once I've made that decision, like I'm sitting in the office. All right. So one of the things that we ask if they're looking for a new bookkeeper it says, hey, how would is how will keeping my books help you know guide my business, help me make better business decisions? And your bookkeeper should be able to explain to you how them doing your books will help make your business better. Okay. That's a key question. I will also ask them, um, will I get any customized reports outside of the standard balance sheet, income statement, and cash flow statement? Okay. I mean, those are the key statements you receive, mm-hmm. but sometimes your business needs internal reports to help make business decisions. So okay. you can ask your bookkeeper, will they provide those um, management reports internally? Mm-hmm. Another one would be, let me think about this. Um, well, I'll, I'll ask you one that you can maybe answer is, is it necessary for the person who owns the business to always be the person meeting with the bookkeeper? Because that's something I hear a lot. Is it okay if when I'm having that meeting, I send my 
you know, my office manager instead? Or do you think that the the business owner needs to be in those meetings? Like at that first meeting when you're talking about it and you're saying, okay, we're going to meet monthly. Is it okay if I'm a business owner and I say, should I send my office manager? Or do you feel like the owner should be there? So I don't think the owner needs to be there. Um, okay. I think if the owner has entrusted someone else to manage that aspect of the business, then it's okay to you know have them at the business meeting. However, you do you don't want to have an absentee owner where you know you want to have some relationship with the business owners as well because us the they make all the decisions and at the end of the day they're the ones that have to file those numbers on their tax return. Right. So they have to be the ones to sign off on the financials. So I meet with the business owners, but I want to make sure I loop the owner in to make sure they are getting the financials and that they are actually reviewing them. Gotcha. So I, now I have a tricky question. Okay. Um, <laughs> so not like the other ones aren't tricky, but no, this one. So I've had this, I've had this happen. So what do you say when someone comes in and it's not that their books are just a mess, but they're deliberately bad? And I'll give you an example. Oh. I had a client who came to me because he was being audited and he actually did have two sets of books. It was the first time I had ever encountered that before. And it's funny because he was actually more scared of his wife than he was of the IRS. But, you know, what do you, like, do you, first of all, would you take that kind of client if someone told you that they had two sets of books and how would you counsel them as to how to make it better? I know that's tricky. So if you don't want to answer it, you don't have to, but I'm just, no, I'm gonna I've, I've, I mean, I've had this more than once. Right. I mean, where people come in and they've said like, I've been lying right? and now maybe it's for PPP or something like I need to, I need to come clean. I need to make sure this is right. Do, do you, do you fix all the other stuff or do you again, kind of just start fresh and, and, and are you as a bookkeeper more wary of taking on a client who's going to tell you that they've been lying? So to answer the last question, yes, I am more cautious and wary, but okay. I'm a straight shooter. I'm like, we're going to do it right or we're not going to do it at all. Gotcha. So, and, th- and that's definitely when I come in, like, I want to have a, I want to, I want access to their bank account, read only access. I want to mm-hmm. put the statements myself because I want to reconcile it to make sure that what's being reported is accurate. So yes, I will take on that type of client and I will compare to see, okay, this set of books, we're going to burn. All right. <laughs> <laughs> right. Because this is wrong. It's been wrong. And if you ever get indicted, we're going to have an issue. Right. 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 Yeah. Uh, so, yes, I would start with, hey, we're going to, you know, get rid of this set of books and we're going to take the set that is most correct and clean it up to where it's accurate and complete. So that going forward, you know, we have a good set of books and we don't have these issues anymore. Like you, so we do have, like, I'm a CPA, so of course we have a, a limited accounting client privilege, but like, of course you have a lot more privilege where they can tell you anything. <laughs> right. <laughs> and they're not worried about And they about. often do. <laughs> <laughs> right, but with us, we, we have very limited privilege, so a lot of times, like, don't tell me what happened. <laughs> right, right. Just know it's bad, and we're going to get rid of it, and we're going to fix it. Gotcha. So. so now I have the flip question, is what would be the ideal client walking in your door like who who's the kind of client that walks in and you're like that's the that's the perfect bookkeeping client is it like is it a small business owner is it someone who's starting fresh like do you have like an ideal client in your head from time to time I do my ideal client is someone who's been in business at least three years Mm -hmm. they are, are profitable 
or they're approaching profitability um, mm -hmm. in the near future, they're focused on value add versus, you know, someone just doing transactional work. So they want that relationship with the bookkeeper who right. would hold their hand and then guide them, you know, throughout the life of their business to keep them financially fit. Right. Well, and I think that's one of the things that people sometimes don't understand about money-based businesses like accountants, tax attorneys, and bookkeepers is that they are relationship-based. They're not just data entry. And I think that, that people have that idea that, you know, all you're going to do is turn over your records and then they're going to spit out a form. Like, that's not the way we operate our businesses. Like, the whole idea is that the more that you know about a business, the more value you can give to them because you can say, here, like, I noticed that this year you did something different than last year. Right. Maybe that's good. Maybe it's not. Let's talk about that. And it's good to have to build that relationship with that bookkeeper. So that mm -hmm. client bookkeeping relationship is important because like you said, you want somebody that knows you and your business. Like with some clients, I know how they respond to certain situations or certain things that on their financials. So I, I can package it to where they can digest it. Right. So knowing how to do that, you're like, and it's tricky to get there because when you just start out with a book, new bookkeeper, like you don't have that relationship yet. But over sure. time, as you grow, you start developing you know, those nuances of the business and of the person and the business owner to where you can be an effective bookkeeper because like you said, you know them and you have a relationship now. Yeah, I just think your relationships are so important. Mm -hmm. So my 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 final question is if you, again, someone's listening and they're like, I need to get started, I need to get started. Um, we talked about references, but before you even get there, how can you find out where bookkeepers are? Like if, if I'm looking for CPAs, I can go to, the right. AICPA website, I can go to the state license board, same thing for attorneys. How do you find a bookkeeper like if it's your very first, like kind of dipping your toe into? So Google, Google bookkeepers near me and you get a list of bookkeeping companies, bookkeepers <laughs> okay. near you. Um, that's the most informal way to do it. Okay. The more formal way is definitely they have a lot of different societies. Um, they, have a book, they have bookkeepers associations. You can search, they have pro advisor websites. QBO has a whole pro-advisor listing that you can search up bookkeepers that's specific to their software. The other software companies have those too, like Zero, Sage. So if you need something more formal, definitely check out those websites. But if you just want someone local and someone you can meet, you know, who knows your community, then I would say just Google bookkeepers near me and you'll have a plethora of bookkeepers to choose from. Cool. Do you think that they should have certain educational or licensing backgrounds? I know you said that um, they can also be accountants sometimes. Do you think that having some kind of credential is important? That was a tricky question. <laughs> That's the tricky question. <laughs> uh, Sorry. <laughs> That's probably the third question that you asked me what, the, what you should ask the bookkeeper when, you, when mm -hmm. you're interviewing them. It's like, what type of credential do they hold? So my answer is yes. You want to ask them, like, what type of credentials they hold. Um, there are, of course, there are EAs, CPAs. There are those that hold certified bookkeeping certificates. There are those that, you know, have just like bachelor's degrees in accounting. So you want to ask them, hey, what type of education do you have in bookkeeping or what type of credential do you have in bookkeeping? Because then you know they at least have some foundation. Sure. And understand how bookkeeping works. Gotcha. Versus now, with other ones, I'm not saying they don't have that foundation, but that's something you have to figure out over time because you, you, they don't have those credentials that you can rely on. Gotcha. And uh, if people wanted to find you, how would they find you either on the web or on social? So I am on Twitter at 
BD Accounting. I'm also on Facebook at BD Accounting. Um, you can look me up on Google. Butler Davis Tax will pop up through Google. And if you need to reach out to me, I can share my details with Kelly offline. And I'm not sure how that works. If you will post them or. Yeah. So what I can do is we will put your URLs or any social okay. links that you want in our show notes. Um, those appear with the podcast and my listeners can find you that way. So perfect. Thank you so much for your time and your insight. I think a lot of people, again, just don't know, didn't know there was a difference at all between bookkeeping and accounting and mm -hmm. certainly didn't know what to look for. So thank you so much for taking the time to talk about this today. I appreciate it. I'm happy I was invited to talk. Thank you. Thanks. And that will do it for this episode. You can find me on Twitter and Facebook at TaxGirl. And you can sign up for my free newsletter at TaxGirl.com. Thanks for listening, because paying taxes is painful, but hearing about them doesn't have to be.